Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 14th. Answer rudeness with courtesy. You might reply with a smile, Life is all the richer richer for the many points of view it presents. I had an experience of this. I, um, for years I've been swimming at the YMCA, um, near, relatively near where I live, because they have an indoor pool. They actually have two indoor pools and they're very warm. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite... Um, I'm quite delicate in terms of cold water. So even though the climate here is very mild and there's many warm outdoor pools, I know in the winter the I just wouldn't do it. So I specifically joined the Y. I joined the Y for a second reason, is because of all the health facilities, exercise facilities in the area, when I joined, they did not play any music in the public areas. If you took a particular class, you'd have music, but there would be no music, and there was no music at all in the swimming area, which, if you think about it, there are two indoor pools, and you know the echoing sounds in a swimming pool area are really horrible. Add a music system, and it's a nightmare. So after I'd been a member for 10 years or something like that, they did some renovations, and they put a music system into the swimming pool area. <sighs> which began the long series of complaints from me every time they would turn, play music in the whole area. And um, it was just awful because they would choose usually the most raucous, sort of tuneless, heavy thumping, screaming kind of music, and then they'd play it in this um, acoustically um, crazy environment where every sound bounced off all the walls and bounced off all the water. So it mostly just sounded like um, people being tortured in the distance somewhere. Um, so every time they would play it, it's, when I was there, I would always write a letter of complaint, always. I never let it pass because I consider myself to be the custodian of right action for the entire planet, which in and of itself is a problem, but I've been working with it. So in any case, at one point I finally called the swimming manager and asked if I was the only one who complained about the music, because if I was, I was just going to let it go. Oh, no, no, she said, there are many who don't like it. So I decided to keep up my part. Now how this goes to rudeness. One day I was in the swimming pool, and um, the YMCA is very nice because there's a lot of older uh, people who swim there, women and men chubby older women, there's a lot of chubby older women, and we're just, it's not a, it's not a show-off place. It's a place for families with kids and older people who are not really, we're just trying to keep ourselves healthy. So sometimes the women who exercise just walk back and forth, and it's really just a coffee clutch. They're not drinking coffee, but they're just talking to each other as they walk back and forth, because the best exercise for a woman is one you can do with a girlfriend, because you'll just talk. I usually swim, but they walk. And so I'm walking, and I overhear the conversation. And the conversation is, if it wasn't for that one woman who always complains, we could have music here when we're in the swimming pool area. So 
I knew they were talking about me because I, I had made myself conspicuous <clears throat> over the years. So I just swam, swam over and just stood in the middle of their happy group. And I said, oh, you must be talking about me. <laughs> because I'm the one who always complains. I always complain. And, and we just had sort of a little conversation about it. And when they said that I was the only one, I said, no, actually, I've looked into it. I'm not the only one. If I were, I would have dropped out. And we just had a conversation back and forth. But <clears throat> they were a bit um, pleasantly... Uh, discombobulated by the fact that I just walked over into the middle of them and just put myself right where they were. I wasn't at all upset with them. I thought their point of view was quite valid. It just doesn't happen to be mine. And so we just disagreed. Um, I don't think they enjoyed the exchange as much as I did. <laughs> but it, it is true. When people are doing something that is, you know, not you're not fond of it, or they're not being courteous, or they're not thinking about a, a different point of view. You don't have to be defensive about it, but you can just walk into the middle of it and just say what you want to say. Just just be who you are. Sometimes you have to be strong, but um, you don't need to let other people's um, way of being interfere with your own way of being. I had a, a an assistant at a period of time, and. I asked her to be my assistant primarily to help her integrate into Ananda. I did need the help. But the real purpose of inviting her was really to just give her a, a role and give her something to do. And she was somebody that I felt really belonged to our community. And it wasn't necessarily easy for her to find her place because she had an extraordinarily overbearing personality. And I was talking to Swamiji and I was saying, because I, um, I was helping her on his behalf. Uh, he was in another community. I was in a position to support her, and I knew he wanted her to be supported. So I mentioned to him about how over overbearing she was. And he said, I loved it. He said, oh, with, when I'm with her, he said, I just don't bother to have a personality of my own. I said, she has all the personality that any situation needs. <laughs> and that was exactly true. And I began to watch myself. How much of my fighting back, so to speak, was actually necessary? And how much of it was just chafing because, I, she, because she was so overbearing, I couldn't be overbearing. <laughs> it's like, why not just trade? <clears throat> why do I need to assert myself in all these different ways? So what we're working with when we're working with other people. And a, a great deal of the advice in this whole book has to do with what happens when other people behave in a way that is not to your liking, and often when they're doing something that is actually directed at you, whether it be criticism or rudeness or wanting to correct you or trying to force you to accept their principles, because this is a huge problem in life is that everybody's always pushing on everybody else to be more like me. And what makes it right is because I do it. And because I do it, you should do it. And it just goes on and on. So in order to live successfully, honorably, uh, productively in this world, we have to come to some working arrangement with other people's energy. And Swamiji in this book has approached it from every angle. 
And here's one which is just simple rudeness. There was a friend of mine. Now, let me see if I can get this whole thing across. He's very quick-witted. And he went to um, a, a religious organization. He went to an event at a religious organization, and that group is not fond of our group. He's not fond of Ananda. They, they consider Ananda to be interlopers and heretics is probably the word I want to use. So, so usually we don't attend each other's functions, but as it happened, he was in their locale and they were having this lovely function and he just wanted to go. So he went to the function and he was a stranger there. So, so this woman came up to him and introduced herself and he, she said, I'm, I don't know what her name was. Let's say it's Marilyn. I'm Marilyn and I'm from the hospitality committee and we're so glad that you're here today. Then she started asking, how did he happen to be there? Are you a member of this organization? He said, no, actually, I'm a member of Ananda. Well, when she heard the name Ananda, that was the red flag that she was now in the presence of a heretic. And so she just sort of pulled herself up and just turned and just walked away. Like, now I'm not going to talk to you anymore. He, <laughs> being so quick-witted, and unoffended, just completely unoffended, he chased after her. He tapped her on the, on the shoulder when she turned around. He said, Marilyn, you know, if you're going to be so rude, perhaps don't say you're from the hospitality committee. <laughs> and to her credit, she had the good grace to apologize. <laughs> but I just thought, I love this story. And of course, the best part of it was, he just kept his cool. You know, there were so many things, so many other ways he could have responded. But instead, he just responded, you know, with humor and courtesy. And your bad behavior really reflects on you. It doesn't reflect anything on me. Now, to be able to be that quick-witted is a unique gift and a great help in life. But to be that comfortable in yourself is not something you, you can develop only when you're under siege. It's, it's just something that we have to work with all the time. And the whole practice of yoga and the whole practice of meditation is about finding your own center. That's how we say it. I mean, the English language talks about it. I feel centered, I feel off-center. And we're actually speaking much more metaphysically than many people know. Because in truth, the the origin point of the energy in the physical body is the what we would call the astral spine, which is a, a plumb line of energy that goes from the top of the head to the base of the spine. And the entire physical body and the human nervous system is all built around that plumb line. So we call it the spine, but it actually is parallel to the spine because the spine is on the outside of the body. And this astral spine is, is the pillar of light and energy that runs right through it. It's very interesting that the length of the spine, which is the length of the chakras from the crown of the head to the base of the tailbone, you know, that, that distance right there, that's where the seven chakras are located. And it's interesting that a human being can live without arms and without legs. You can cut the body at the shoulder, you can cut the body at the thigh, and you will have just, I mean, it's not by any means a very, um, it will be a very challenging incarnation, but life will continue. But if you cut it more than that, life can't continue 
because then you've actually invaded physically, but you've also invaded on other levels what the source of life actually is, which is the the uh, energetic blueprint, which is where the karma is carried. I've referred to these things at different times, and this is a whole long subject called the chakras, which you can research and learn about from me and from others on the internet. But what we're doing when we're practicing yoga, what we're doing when we're meditating, is we are withdrawing from the periphery of our self-identification to the actual origin point of our identification, which is first in the center of the body, then up the spine, through the heart, to the spiritual eye. And when we begin to know ourselves as originating from uh, a reality deep within ourselves, and then we emanate from that point, and if we only identify with the peripheral of our emanation, then anything can blow us off, off, off uh, course. If we're always just thinking about the very edge of who I am, what I look like, what I say, what my job might be, whether I'm young or old or pretty or homely or liked by others or respected, that's all just the periphery of who we are. The, the origin point of who we are is this very deep connection to, our, our, to a higher and greater reality. And when we have that connection to a higher and greater reality, then the winds can whirl all around us. And that power, I mean, we may feel the breeze, we may even feel a hurricane force wind, but when we're standing at the center of who we are, we just let the wind blow. And so this is the practice that makes all of these um, additional, all this additional advice possible. So listen to what Swami says. Answer rudeness with courtesy. You might reply with a smile, life is all the richer for many points of view it presents. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.